Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the executive editor and chief critic, joined as always by Ann Thompson, our editor-at-large. And Ann, we have a whole bunch of Gotham nominees to talk about this week. We have IDA nominees to talk about this week. So there's some real stuff happening in award season, which is always nice, so we don't just have to repeat the same things we discussed earlier in the season. But uh, with respect to Gotham's, let me just say... Uh, full disclosure, I was again on the committee for Best Feature as well as Breakthrough Director and Screenplay. So what I would do here is just read the Best Feature nominees and I'll turn it over to you for your assessment. So we have The Farewell, Uncut Gems, Waves, Marriage Story, and Hus- Hustlers. So obviously all getting Best Picture nominations, right? Okay, so before we go into my reaction to that, would you be willing to sort of describe who was on your committee with you? Sure. So the way it works at the Gothams, uh, for those who aren't totally familiar with it, you have the, the committees are mostly critics and journalists because we see a lot of stuff, and it's a conversation based process. It's not. It's not just so. It's know, all America. media people as opposed to anyone from inside the industry. Exactly. And then the winner is chosen by industry people, usually actors and filmmakers, although you don't really know who they are. Do we know how many of them there are in in this Gotham voting body? Well, in the the voting, you mean for the winners or for the... In the winners, I I think it it sort of depends because they have some committees that do multiple awards and some that do single categories, but it's it's a pretty opaque process. But it's basically the New York independent film community. Yeah, exactly. So and and I've I've done it for a while and I, and I think it actually is a really good way of providing some alternatives to other movies getting attention. But there there is some overlap because a lot of major fall movies are worth talking about in this context. So my committee, I can tell you, is myself, Allison Wilmore, who's now just started at New York Magazine, uh, Josh Rothkopf, Time Out in New York, Ann Hornaday from the Washington Post, and Justin Chang from the LA Times. So you got an you know, LA person in there. We did. We and I think it's good that there's some geographical range and different sensibilities. That is unusual, but, uh, right? It's well, they, there's usually some people from outside the New York area, but there that that's mostly to compensate for the fact that you need a range of major critical voices, and you know, we're not. So I'm going to give different. I'm going to give my reaction now. So basically, um, these are uh, the farewell. Obviously, is going is a movie that needs this kind of help. It needs to be supported and pushed into the fall conversation. It, the good news is that it's still in theaters, and it's a huge hit, and it's a must see for those who haven't seen it. The question is, can we get, um, as we move forward into other um, critics' bodies, I'm assuming this is going to do well with a group like the New York Film Critics or the L.A. Film Critics. I think everyone's going to be championing this, the critics will. Um, but it needs people from the – that's what the role of the critics is, you know, in this case, yep. is to really push something into a must-see um, status. Uncut Gems – I believe is going to be a huge hit uh, again for, for A24. And I think Sandler is a sort of outside shot. It's a tough movie for, I think, some people to watch. It's older uh, for older audiences, especially based on what, how it played in Telluride. It's very noisy. It's very unrelenting. I believe it is bravura filmmaking and, and I support the movie a hundred percent and it needs help too. Um, if it's going to have well, in the future. I love- 
but but I, I love the, the the kind of uniformity to the appreciation for this movie. It's not a, it doesn't divide people as much as you would have thought. I mean, their film Heaven's Knows What, which also got a Gotham the Safties film nominee. Yeah, the Safties a couple of years ago. Then that was a very abrasive film that really took some convincing. This, this is my, this is a like more mainstream movie. It's, it's hugely entertaining. Yeah, hugely entertaining. Um, so then you have, um, then you have waves um, again. <laughs> this is like the, the, the A24 uh, Gotham awards. They should be a sponsor of the, basically uh, again, a movie that's coming from, um, Another great indie filmmaker, Trey Edward Schultz, said it's coming, uh, has some great performances, especially, um, Kevin Harrison Jr. and, and, uh, uh, my, the, the great Sterling K. Brown. But, uh, this is another movie that, that needs this kind of attention. Um, and then Marriage Story, uh, of course, is already at the top of the Oscar heap and doesn't need help at all. So it's, it's, it's steady as they go. And <laughs> Hustlers is, of course, the one everybody's saying, oh, the Gotham's put the Hustlers in Best Feature. That means it's going to get Oscar nominated. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. I don't know, Hustlers man. is a huge hit. Hustlers is a mainstream <laughs> uh, movie that is playing very well. Uh, I'm, I'm a... Um, I am uh, I am a non-believer in hustlers beyond the Golden Globes, honestly. But the, Jennifer the Lopez didn't get nominated, though. So what yeah, the but, hell? But, what is that? Well, mean? I wasn't I wasn't on that committee, so I don't know. But I, it's it's a fickle process, so it, it may not mean anything if she gets some critic group awards, and that keeps her in the conversation anyway. I believe that but that, I will, that say, will be unlikely, also. So we shall the thing see. I will say this about hustlers: it's notable is that. Gotham's and the Spirit Awards don't always line up, and they won't in this case because Hustlers was a $20 million movie, which means it doesn't qualify for Spirits. Gotham's doesn't have that kind of budget cut cap. So it's, a, so it's a unique thing to have a movie that's on that level alongside some of these smaller films like A Waves or Farewell. And uh, the, I'm very happy with the range of films in this category. I mean, yes, you said there's a lot of A24 films. Well, they had a pretty good season. But also it's they're, they're all very different and uh, I think are indicative of a season where a, there are a lot of unpredictable variables in terms of how the smaller films might do alongside some of these these bigger competitors. The I other mean, thing to remember, um, A24 is a formidable awards campaigner and, and will do everything they can to push these films. Um, but box office will be their primary goal with the, with the two films that are new. Marriage Story, Netflix, of course, going to push all the way. It has some weeks in theaters. It will be on streaming uh, very quickly um, and in theaters at the same time. But we know that they have a very strong awards campaign going. Hustlers is STX, and that is an issue. Um, they're thrilled that they have such a big hit. They're going to be in business a little while longer, but that doesn't mean they're going to do everything right to get a movie that is already on the edge of not being a typical Oscar movie into, into the conversation. So that's why one of yeah, the I reasons mean, I'm saying golden gloves for that film, best right. documentary. All right. This is good because. Yeah. I was on this committee. I have no insight into this process, but it is a lot of stuff that uh, was in contention here. So we may want to just compare and contrast these five with what has already been nominated by the IDA. You want to do it that way? Yeah, yeah actually, there's kind of a fascinating contrast there in terms of not only what's nominated, but what didn't get nominated. So American Factory and Apollo 11 and The Edge of Democracy and One Child Nation are all top of the line. I believe all four of those films are going to go all the way to Oscar 
uh, one of them will probably win. I mean, and it's kind I, of hard I, to imagine. I, yeah, exactly. And and so those are the ones that everybody agrees upon. They're on the Doc NYC list, and they're on. Um, we're going to get the Cinema Eye Honors nominees uh, soon. You know, so so all because it's such a wide field of of excellent excellent movies to sh- to winnow them down to the group that everybody sort of agrees on that have all the right elements is difficult. I loved Midnight Traveler. Um, that's one that it's a little bit like Frasama, which is the other uh, Syria documentary that's getting a lot of attention. Um, the Cave got left out of this one and the cave didn't do that well with the IDAs either for Sama did better. It's, it's a kind of a, a fascinating twist in a way, because when Forsama was making the rounds over the summer, there was the specter of the cave. I mean, you broke the story that this movie was coming out in the fall, but to have the muscle of Nat Geo behind it. And then this was a PBS film. It just, it, it, it seemed like. Forsama's well, PBS. What, 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 what yeah. you get here is the, is, is that Midnight Traveler and Forsama are shot by people experiencing uh, what they're filming and, and people from inside, they're embedded inside the situation for Sama horrifically. Uh, you've got a, a, a mother and a baby and a father who's a doctor in a hospital that is being bombed and shelled and, and all around them, the world is getting smaller and smaller and they're just the target of unbelievable uh, uh, shelling, but it goes on for five years. And, and, you know, any, anyone who sits through the movie knows that, that it's just hard to, to get away from, from how horrific it, it must've been for them. And, and for Sama is, is getting more attention. And I find that interesting because it has nothing to yeah. do with, with bells and whistles and marketing. But the cave, I, I mean, I think, Aesthetically and politically, these films are very complementary. They both kind of capture the harrowing nature of being in Syria right now, and specifically what Russia is doing to Syria with right. its constant bombardments on the human level. And, uh, yeah. and 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 the cave captures sarin gas attacks in, in grisly detail, which I think is also incredibly well, valuable. To filmmaker, to uh, and and I think it's a good movie too. Uh, Midnight Traveler is also um, very. Um, uh, impactful too it's 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 it takes them out and into the immigration experience and it's it's, but it it's does, hard it, to watch it's interesting because it does suggest to you on some level that 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 scrappy intimate quality of documentary filmmaking gives a leg up on some level to the film that that has the polish as you're saying and uh you know you look at what got nominated for uh best doc at, at the uh, gotham's no biggest little farm that was a big commercial hit that wouldn't be one they would reward. It's on the IDA list. Biggest Little Farm we've talked about, that's a, such a commercial success and such a crowd pleaser. Everyone who sees it really loves it. But the people who are going to be making um, prize decisions and um, and award decisions, they're, they're not necessarily going to go with the popular hit. Well, I, and I, I think mean, Elephant I'm, I'm Queen has a similar problem. It is Elephant a remarkable film, remarkable. But I thought it was kind of a, a little kitty in a way. They aimed I mean, it that way. They, it's it's yeah. Apple. That's one of the reasons Apple picked it up is that it's going to play yeah, so I well globally. The, I understand the the business decision. I think it's unfair to Biggest Little Farm to put them in the same category. The Biggest Little Farm to me feels like it is a better filmmaking accomplishment than it's being given credit for. Maybe even in the doc community, I mean, the the way that they gathered footage over a long period of time to capture, I think, relatively intimately how difficult it is to live off the land 
is a very impressive kind of cinematic achievement. And yes, maybe there's too much voiceover or whatever, but it deserves to be in the conversation as much as I think some of the other diary-like films we're discussing here. Well, so. the movies that did the best at the IDA Awards were Apollo 11, um, which is a very strong contender, and Honeyland. Great filming. So Neon, yeah. Neon did very well. They had Apollo 11, Honeyland, Biggest Little Farm, and uh, Amazing Grace, which is not eligible for the uh, Oscars because it qualified last year. Um and Honeyland is an interesting one because it's also submitted as a foreign language uh, feature, uh, an, an international film. Macedonia. Um, yeah. So, um, so, but the other the, the other group of movies that have been sort of um, skipped over by everyone. It's sort of interesting. Magnolia is is the distributor that's opening up more documentaries you know, all year long, an incredible long list, Hail Satan, The Brink, Cold Case Hammerskull, uh, Tony Morrison, The Pieces I Am, which I loved, and uh, Mike Wallace is here, which is excellent also. And they just, they're just, and Ask Dr. Ruth, uh, and The Amazing Jonathan is from Hulu. These all got overlooked. Um, well, I think if you, it, it's, it's great that you listed those because if you go through some of the, some of the films, I mean, Magnolia is great at this game of finding very commercial films and finding the market and getting them out there. They made so much money with, uh, I am not your Negro. That was such an incredible case study and in how to get a documentary up to another level. When you look at some of these films, whether it's Ask Dr. Ruth or, uh, Mike Wallace is here. It's not that they're, they're not good films per se, but they may seem like a more familiar mold of documentary that's storytelling. It. That's what needs that's to happen for, to get into these awards. You have to somehow break out of the talking head archive, talking head arc. That's what's wrong on some level with Tony Morrison. I think they did a, uh, talk exactly. to Greenfield Sanders did a, a great job. Yeah. I think he got beyond the formula. I actually think he did what he should have done. He had an amazing interview with Tony Morrison at age 88 and, and used uh, art and music and, and photography and all sorts of creative ways to make this thing uh, come to life. But, but people see it that way. That's the problem. Right. I mean, it, and things get through. Last year, a lot of people thought that RGB was going to win the Oscar, and it did get nominated. But at the end of the day, you know, it wasn't the best film in contention either. It was more like the subject matter really kind of carried it in that respect. Exactly. Amazing Jonathan is a, not a good movie, I think. So there's some stuff. on Cold Case is a really weird film that's almost impossible to summarize on paper, and the filmmakers know it's kind of like a, a prankster of sorts. So... It would have been a very su- big surprise for it to to have the kind of uniformity of appreciation that would get into this category. So when you really break it down, it's like Magnolia is playing the game great for nonfiction, but maybe just didn't have the slate of of films that offer up this approach to uh, to to getting nominated. But I, I the film that I really want to see just continue to succeed is One Child Nation. I mean, I just feel like that on this list. I, I love American Factory too, but I think One Child Nation is it's probably extraordinary. the best. It's extraordinary yeah, and, and, and it's personal and as well yeah. as, as as global. And and exactly. it taught us things we we didn't really know. Um, and uh, and she's a great filmmaker, the Nan Fu Wang. So it's a, no no question. I'm, I couldn't agree more. I also feel strongly about The Edge of Democracy and American Factory. I mean, they're they're all good in their own way. Um, so, so then we go back to the Gotham's um, yeah, Bing and Ray Breakthrough Director Award. Uh, 
No Oscar players there. No, unless, unless Booksmart squeezes into the screenplay or screenplay nomination. But I know, given how competitive it is, I mean, there's several things going against it. A, a lot of people didn't see it. B, it's a group of of writers. So sometimes who who people don't recognize. Um, Olivia Wilde and her team did an amazing job. It totally. I mean, there's a lot of goodwill for that movie, but there's also, I mean, you you mentioned and it's funny, which is hard. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, is is Anna? Well, you mentioned the STX challenge with Hustlers. This is would be an Annapurna challenge. That is right. Yes, absolutely. What are they going to do with that? Now, the last man in San Francisco is something that that is being championed here, Um, and and I I I am an admirer of that movie and all of its quirky idiosyncrasy but that's what's going to make it not happen as far as breaking out. I'd love to see the critics go, go nuts over this and give it some more. It did do profile. well commercially over the summer. I mean, in limit, limited yeah. release pro platform release, but it's, it's done well. It's had a good life. I think it's more just like Joe Talbot is now like on that track where yeah. he's going to be discovered more and more and all that kind of stuff. And then screenplay is another interesting one. I think in that respect, because the marriage story factor is still strong there. And that seems like something I guess you can imagine will be sort of this twin momentum the film will have throughout the the season. Is that it is both a a, a very screenplay centric kind of a movie, but also a real movie movie that people appreciate. Yeah, so I like seeing see Lulu Wong in there, and I loved High Flying Bird. That's great. But Terrell Alvin McCraney got in there. Last yeah, Man in San Francisco this, like, again. Yeah, and Last Man. I mean, Last Man in San Francisco is is definitely a movie that is very screenplay driven, even though it has a strong visual quality. It does. It has it. both. It does. I would almost say that the screenplay is is where it falls down more than um, the the. I think the directing is amazing. Um, the last third is imperfect, but there's some really interesting insights into gentrification. Yeah, yeah, stuff, it's very, so. it's very local. It's very personal. And your favorite movie, Midsummer. I love it. Ari Aster, <laughs> he's great. I think that's great that 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 got in there. Uh, so, best actor. Um, um, now that we're getting into the more mainstream categories, I want to say that the Gotham's really have no impact at all on on the Oscars. I mean, nobody <laughs> sees them. Around them. Nobody you cares. Know. Nobody gives a shit. And 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 oh, I I'm one of those people that like watches the show uh, when it streams live cuz I'm an obsessive awards person. Um it it's not <laughs> if you think it has impact it it doesn't. I'm glad that it's helping a little some of these movies um, oh, there so it has an impact forward. you just said it okay. no because it does elevate some the profile of some movies it can well right we I mean, shall see they're in headlines okay maybe something wins and then it, <laughs> it gets noticed a little bit more for a while a little bit more Some's maybe more. okay so uh, adam driver yeah he's like head of the category right now uh in in the oscar race aldous hodge is so good in clemency it's interesting that that you, that you put him in best actor i well i wasn't on on, yeah. on any of the performance committees i i would have thought of him agreed as supporting, as supporting. Yeah. yeah but he is very good in that movie he's extraordinary i mean he's yeah. a, he's one of those people who's been working a long time and doing good work and it's like this helps him as an actor become much more recognizable and and have a name i i think he's going to get a lot more work now adam sandler of course there we go willem dafoe lead okay they have it the other way at the um in terms of how they're campaigning they're putting patents in and, and defoe right. in, in uh supporting 
And Ultimately, then, it really goes either way in that movie. Oh, it's an even Steven thing, uh, totally. Yeah. And then uh, Andre Holland for High Point. Yeah, he was good. That's great. That's, yeah, I mean, did that movie even get a theatrical? It's probably. It I don't no, think no, it. No, if it did, it was minor. Uh, that's minor, pretty much yeah. of a streaming title. Um, then we have Florence Pugh for Midsummer. Now, this is interesting because she's getting. Um, uh, all right, we'll just bring this up. The uh, Little Women showed uh, last night in L.A. I had to. I had to host my. I showed and, uh, Ford v Ferrari at, at uh, Sleep Previews. Um, and it showed in New York on Monday, so it's starting right. to get out in the world. So we I'm going to see it tonight. I'm going to see Little Women tonight. But the word on Little Women, just in terms of what I've read, like everyone else in in the yeah. papers this morning, the normal <laughs> is is we as expected. We've got good reviews for Chalamet and and Sir Sharon, uh, and then the one who breaks out even more uh, perhaps than Meryl Streep. And Laura Dern is Florence Pugh as Amy. So uh, she's having a good year. She's a remarkable actress. She's going to have yeah. a long career. I mean, she was great in Lady Macbeth a couple of years yep, ago. That was her breakout. Like yeah. That was really her breakout moment, but she's still very young. So, And it's great to see Aquafina getting get acknowledged good. for the farewell. I mean, it's like so different from the other stuff she's done before. And hopefully she keeps going with that momentum. And what's Mary really Pitt, cool about yeah. talking yeah. to Lulu Wong is for her to to admit that when she cast Aquafina, she hadn't seen her in any of the things that, that have turned her into a bigger name. Well, yeah. She, I don't think she wanted a name actress. That's kind of what's notable about it, but it's, it's, um, it's in some ways it's for the better because the character doesn't seem to be directed in a way that would play into that persona that she developed beforehand. Right. Um, so Eric, I never saw Diane. Um, it was a small limited release movie that didn't play that long. Um, you, you... And Mary Kay Place got both, uh, and she got an actress nomination and it got a breakthrough director nomination for Kent Jones. I think this movie totally belongs in, in the breakthrough director category. And she's very, it's, it's a surprise in the sense that there's lots of different performances that you could slot into a best actress field. Like there's no Scarlett Johansson here, even though Adam driver got best actor nomination. So instead we have Mary Kate place. Um, but it's, this is a very small character study that really positions this actress at the center of it. So that makes that, that part of it does make sense for the Gotham's and, I think it's good for Ken Jones, who just stepped away from New York Film Festival. This is sort of, you know, a validation of the the move he made because he really has become a filmmaker with this movie. It's nothing major, but it's but it's a very effective little little film. So you should see it before the end of the year for all the year end kind of stuff because it was uh, it was a nice surprise back at Tribeca when this thing launched. And then Elizabeth Moss and her smell. Did you see that one? I did not. I did oh not. There's some people who are pushing movie. her for um, for us, which I, I don't think is going to happen. But I do think Alfrey Woodard will um, be a long shot possibility for clemency, given that the really best actress uh, category. I, mean, I she's so good. I, a lot of people haven't seen the movie. It's really up to. Um, uh, those of us who I'm glad you put her in there. I think she's extraordinary and she I should wasn't be on that nominated. But but, but it's I, it's up to it's up to everyone to make a push to make again make look. There are two end of the year death row movies: um, Clemency and Just Mercy, and they're dark and they're tough. And 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 they're dramatic and and well, they're small. Clemency is actually tougher than than Just Mercy and I better. Would, I would say it's better, but much more. I mean, it's it, the one you it really should more. see. Um, yep. Yeah, uh, Chinoy Chukwu totally is a great filmmaker. Really uh, remarkable filmmaker. Yeah, and it won Sundance, and it was like the fr- I was at the premiere for that movie, and I was like, 
this has got to be an Oscar performance. I mean, it just felt like that. But I, I, I wasn't thinking about how difficult it is just to get people to hit play on their screener or whatever. So no, neon, gonna- neon has has to get it out there, and and uh, and I'm sure they will. But it, it at this point, and it opens at the end of the year, so they're going to have to screen it a lot. Um, they're not mm-hmm. going to have the advantage mm-hmm. of all that box office uh, attention. Um, and then breakthrough actor Taylor Russell is, is great in Waves and Julia Fox in Uncut Gems. That's a good discovery. Yes, yeah. I hope she gets a lot more work. Um, the Nightingale, that's a great performance. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Nightingale is an interesting one because it's not an American film in any particular way, which is really what Jennifer the Gotham Kent. About. It has it has a kind of connection through I don't know producing or financing or whatever. So whatever, it's a reminder that this movie too was and it was a very good 2019 film that got. I mean, IFC did okay with it, but it got a little unfortunately buried and misunderstood by the buzz around it when it first premiered. It's last a tough fall. set. It's Violent, a tough set. You have to prepare is, the but audience. It's not a horror movie. And they, people saw, uh, you know, it's a rape movie right is what it is. Yeah, there, there is, but, but the way that they talk about how rapes are staged in that film is, is fascinating because it's always from the female perspective, right. you know, female gaze. And so it's, it's a film that should be I would talked put the about. Nightingale on my top 10 list. Yeah. yeah uh, that's how absolutely. good it is. That's how good this filmmaker is and how good this performance is uh, from an, from someone I'd never heard of. So it's, exactly. It's really yeah. It's good. a great breakout. Um, by mm-hmm. the way, one of the actresses that isn't on this list, Renee Zellweger. So Renee Zellweger, uh, that movie, Judy, it's interesting that this one qualifies. That one doesn't qualify. There's no American uh, money in it. And I mean, would she really be on this list? I don't know. It's it's one that some people are really supportive of. Some people maybe less so. And the movie's just not on the level. So it's a tough one. It's doing but... well at the box office. And she's still at the top of the best actress list, along with Scarlett Johansson. Um, and Sidebar actually on that, Bombshell. Bombshell is the one that I finally saw in. that on, on Saturday. You talked Charlize about Charlize Theron. I'm... Yeah, I guess I'm still embargoed from telling you what I thought about the movie, but to me, it felt like that was a slam dunk, and she's really the front runner now. Yeah, I mean, I, she I have originated her as the front that. runner myself. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a. I mean, she's and obviously she's just really good at working the scene and stuff. She's she's done it before with success, so she knows what she's doing. But anyway, so that so that's a pretty fascinating range of options, and it'll give us much to mull over until the critics groups start voting. Our vote for New York Film Critics Circle will be December 1st. So it's the first time it's actually been in the month of December in a long time because of the way the the week works out. But that same week we'll have the the National Board of Review and then there'll be other critics groups that follow. So I suppose that's the next phase of evolution for all this stuff. But we also have Irishman opening in a week. So I'll be curious to see how the kind of the month of November plays out for Yeah, the Irishman. big LA premiere of Irishman is is tonight and then what's happening uh this weekend is um I'm going to see Little Women tonight. Uh I actually recognize that I wasn't super thrilled about sitting through the movie a second time because it's three and a half hours long. So I will I love this movie. I look forward to seeing it on Netflix. <laughs> I've already seen it Come in the on. theater. I've seen it in the theater uh in a screening room. Um, so, uh, the next, uh, event tomorrow night is the Britannia Awards, which is one of those, um, BAFTA events where they put a, you know, it's a fundraiser and they put a bunch of 
of uh, actors in a room, many of them uh, looking for uh, awards attention. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o and Jordan Peele will be there. Um, uh, that's one question mark. Is us oh, a movie yeah. that will you know register she rocks the way Get movie. Out did? You know. Yeah. But uh, but uh, I'm curious about this Irishman thing. So you weren't super into it because you just didn't feel like you had the stamina to sit through it's, it. It's uh, just a question of me being a person who can sit through any movie for two hours, for two and a half hours. Yeah. And, and when it gets to three or three and a half hours, my back hurts. That's all. Right. So there's more of just like, it's a really a question of physical discomfort. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I do think a lot of people are excited to see this movie in theaters. For they one. should. Everybody Not should. I'm glad I, I saw, saw it. I saw it twice in a 12 hour window I and I, and I had a great time. In the theater. I, I will see it at home. Yeah. But, I, but I, I think what will be interesting to see, and may, we may never know, is will people go to watch it in the theater and then revisit it on Netflix a bunch? I because, bet they will. You know, I would think stop they Stop and start. Absolutely. Go to your favorite scene. If there was any ever a time where Netflix data would actually be you know, a fascinating window into the relationship between people and movies, you know, this would be the one to do it. So anyway, next week, I guess we'll actually get a chance to talk in more detail about Little Women and uh, all yeah, this Irishman and, stuff. And by the way, Sunday night, I was heading toward this, is the Governor's Awards. So, so everybody comes into town. And it's way earlier than usual. The whole calendar is screwed up and, and different. So this time, uh, we will be, uh, every, you know, Martin Scorsese's coming in. All the, all the big films will be there. Everybody will be mixing together at the... Uh, so I'll write that up. Take some good selfies, Anne, and enjoy the weekend. Thank I'll, you. I'll talk to you Bye. Again.